0: You're listening to Panthers on tap. I'm Curtis round joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game and Carolina Panthers football. So join us crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care. Whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self promotion, stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on tap. Bryson, it seems like it's a rinse and repeat week for the Panthers. They fall at home. The home opener to the New Orleans Saints was a close game at the end, but felt, felt pretty far apart uh, in that fourth quarter. Panthers lose 20-17. to 17. We were both there. Disappointing loss. Let's talk about it. Who do you want to... What do you want to start with? Yeah, that's
1: a hard decision on where to start. Uh, you know, I do think that there were some good things from this game, but a lot of bad things, uh, way, way more bad things, unfortunately. But, yeah, I think I'm going to start with uh, with Bryce Young. Um, I think that he is a rookie quarterback who is continuing to take his lumps uh, in the second week of his you know NFL career. Um, Bryce Young showed some flashes of – uh, of, of what we think Bryce Young is, and you know the rollout with the with the uh, slant to Thielen and you know a couple other passes here and there throughout the game that you know look like Bryce Young in college. But again, he's continuing to learn uh, the NFL uh, week by week. Uh, it doesn't seem like his coaching staff is doing a whole lot to help him, unfortunately, uh, which is the opposite of what we thought it was going to be. Um, Anybody who is writing off Bryce Young saying he's a bust already is uh, dumber than a box of rocks. Um, you don't understand football. You uh, you don't know ball, son, uh, if, if you are writing Bryce Young off after two weeks in the NFL. Uh, he's got one of the worst offensive groups in the NFL, weapons-wise. Adam Thielen's your wide receiver one. Uh, you know, Miles Sanders looked awful. I mean, absolutely terrible. He, he was averaging – uh, three yards a carry, 14 carries for 43 yards is not acceptable. Not acceptable when Foreman was running behind this offensive line for the most part last season and and breaking off big runs. And, uh, you know, a guy that I've hated on a lot, a lot since he's been in Carolina is Chuba Hubbard. And Chuba Hubbard looks like the best back on this team. Uh, every time uh, Chuba gets the ball, you know, it's it seems like he's breaking off a run for, you know, five, six, eight, ten yards. Uh, he caught all of his passes, I think, for, for the most part in this past game, uh, which was weird. They were kind of putting him in like a third down, it seemed like a third down running back role. And uh, Chuba's not really the third down style running back. I mean, he we all know his struggles with catching, but I think they've, they've got that confused. And, you know, I think Frank has said in the past that Deuce Staley is in charge of the running back rotation. And uh, I guess that's Deuce's call, but I think, Chuba deserves a chance to at least get a 50 50 split in that backfield based off of what we've seen from him up to this point. Um, and I know that.
0: I never thought I'd hear that from Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that, that's how
1: down bad I am right now because Miles Sanders has been that bad. Uh, you know, healthy scratching Raheem Blackshear, I don't understand at all. Uh, I don't understand that. And then not involving LaVisca at all. Terrence Marshall got zero targets. Uh, Thielen. Yeah. Feelin, you know, was probably the most targeted player in the game, I think. And then he's the best
0: offensive player in the game. Yeah, and it's Hayden Hurst, you go off a of PFF.
1: Hayden Hurst, not not involved really throughout the game. I mean, it, it was a it was a very poor offensive performance uh, from from everyone, really. Uh, but I'm not placing any blame on Bryce. I, I again, you expect these kinds of games from a rookie quarterback in a second game in the NFL. Calm down. Quit calling him a bus. Quit saying we selected the wrong quarterback because we did it. He's going to be the best quarterback out of this draft. I wholeheartedly still believe that. Um, this coaching staff needs to put him in better opportunities. Uh, they need to scheme wide receivers open. These wide receivers are going to go out there and beat any opposing corners and get open. We've we've found that out through two weeks. You're going to have to use some trick plays, some motion, which they use a little bit of but not a whole lot. Uh, they're going to have to scheme these players open, and, and unfortunately they haven't done that for Bryce. He's, I just saw a graph earlier on Twitter. He has the, the – his wide receivers are getting the lowest amount of separation in the whole entire league, which no one's surprised by because that's what we talked about all offseason. But, uh, yeah, calm down on Bryce. He's going to be all right. Hopefully this team figures it out on offense and calls the right plays. Maybe that's Frank Reich passing the play calling to Thomas Brown, which uh, you know I'm sure if it continues down this path of – you know, the play calling not looking like it's really knowing what they're doing. I mean, it's, it's been incompetent up to this point, really. Uh, I'm sure that that's going to get, you know, that his seat's going to get hotter and hotter. And Thomas Brown is going to be continuing to get called on. Uh, and, and eventually he's going to get have to give up the play calling. But, uh, you know, I'm not ready to fire Frank Reich or anything like that. Uh, maybe it is time for him to give up the play calling. I wouldn't be too mad at that. But I still think he's going to be a good head coach in Carolina. It's just going to take time, guys, and I know it sucks. I know we all wanted to win week one and nine, or week one and two uh, to start the year, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just going to take time, and 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 that's my rant on the offensive side of the ball, at least.
0: Yeah, people need to temper of expectations. I tried to prepare everyone as much as I could from what I've saw from preseason. I met we when we did the predictions. I I I had just a feeling it was going to take a little bit. Obviously, I didn't think they would go 0-2 to start the year, but um, it's going to take time. I mean, it took time for, you know, a lot of the greats that were picked high in this draft, high in the draft, to get going, and I think it's going to take time with Bryce Young, Frank Reich mixing in there, these offensive players, you know, getting – their connections figured out with Bryce Young, whether this Adam Thielen and Hurst and Chark and TMJ and Mingo, uh, it's going to take, you know, it might, they might start hitting like week five, six. That's, it literally might take that long. And I know people are going to hate that, but that's just the reality. And we had, I think everyone has had such high hope for this team to start off hot, just based off of last year. And, you know, Steve Wilkes could do it and rip off, you know, a seven and ten record. Why can't they do it this year? Type thing, and it just hasn't translated yet, which is frustrating because we've been in a playoff purgatory here in Carolina for five, six, what, seven years, whatever it was last time they were in uh, the playoff hunt. Um, so I get that, but people really just need to pump the brakes. It's going to take time. You got to give these guys time. And I also can see the other side of it where you want to put some pressure on this. You know, everyone wanted to talk about in the offseason, this all-star coaching staff to come in. And what the hell, we're 0-2 and Bryce Young hasn't thrown for 200 yards yet. So I see that, but I think people just need to chill. I even think the play calling, give it a little time. It's two games. It's literally two games. Like Frank Reich has called two games with the Panthers and Bryce Young. We need to get get week six, seven. Okay, yeah. call for Zed. But like two games in, let's let's chill out here. Um, you gotta remember, I mean, you got DJ Chark, probably you would say arguably the best wide receiver for Carolina, was out week one. He was out a couple in the games in the pre like there's it's gonna take time and I know it's frustrating this Allen. It sucks. I hate going to the games and losing and you can I don't know if you can tell me losing my voice too, just from yelling at the game, but um it sucks. But Trust me, I think days – the better days are to come, and I know people are frustrated with that, and I get it, and I, I don't want to settle for mediocrity either. Um, and do I think at some point, you know, Thomas Brown is a better play caller than Frank? Probably, but I think I think it takes a little bit to figure that out and see, you know, truly if, you know, f- Frank and Bright, Bryce can cook up something where they're dealing on a lot of these drives. But I think we just need to settle it down a little bit. Um, and, and and just I a little was, perspective,
1: uh, yeah, uh, real quick, just a little perspective. You know, everybody remembers when we started three and zero with Sam Darnold, didn't make the playoffs that year. Everybody remembers last season we started one and five, and we were in the playoff hunt in January. So starting zero two is not the the end all be all of the season. There's 15 other games. Anything can happen week to week. We've seen the Bucks go two and zero, and nobody thought the Bucks were going to go two and zero. You know, the Vikings look like a team that can be beat. The Seahawks look like a team that can be beat. These teams, the even the Lions look beatable, at, you know, in, in, at certain points of certain games. So I think, you know, let's let's temper expectations. You know, I think as long as Bryce Young continues to grow game to game and limits the turnovers, even did throw any interceptions this past game at least, like, and, and made some good plays, you know, I think that's the most we can hope for right now. And I, I remember I was – hyping up this team as much as anybody, you know, saying that they can win, you know, nine, 10 games and be in the playoff hunt, win the NFC South. I still believe they can win the NFC South. I do not think after watching the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons play the Carolina Panthers in back-to-back weeks, that either of those teams are significantly better than the Carolina Panthers. And I think that once Bryce figures it out in the NFL and Frank figures it out, calling plays for Bryce, that the Carolina Panthers are the best team in this division still solely based off of the defensive performances that we've seen after, uh, week one and two. And then if we can get somewhat of an offense going, I think Carolina wins either of those games. So calm down. Um, just wanted to say that real quick, Curtis, you can get back to your point.
0: Yeah, and I think people need to realize this, and its I, I was trying to search this while you were talking, but I just i can't do it fast enough. But Frank Reich, historically, his teams get off to a slow start. Oh, yeah. When you look at back at the Colts, you know four or five seasons he was there as head coach, and I want to say 2018 they were one and three to start. One of the years they started off 0 and two and ended up winning the division that year. So again, you don't want that. That's not acceptable. Like you want to start off hot, but. Um, historically that's how it's been. And I, I'll be honest, I don't have any expectation of this team making the playoffs right now. Like I just based off these two games, I, I don't think they're ready. I think it, I think they're a year away still. Uh, whether people want to, you know, listen to me on or not on that. I just think that there's a lot of, a lot of things that have already fallen away. wayside. So we will talk about it with injuries. I mean, they've already been hit hard as hell by the injury bug and you lose three starters. That's, that's hard to overcome, especially for a young team a rookie quarterback and a whole new coaching staff and whole new defensive and offensive system. So, um, but I honestly don't know where I was going with that, but I think just people need to settle down a little bit on that. Oh, I was going back to the Frank Reich, but yeah, Reich just historically in his uh, coaching tenure has just always been a kind of a slow start. And he talked about that after the game. Um, I wanted to bring this up cause I pulled this up on PFF. Um, I was just kind of looking at the play calls and I know one of the big things and one thing they struggle with in this game was the Saints only brought four guys majority of the game and Carolina struggled with that, which shouldn't be too big of a surprise just with all the injuries across the O-line, but PFF, according to PFF, the Saints blitzed only six times out of 39 pass attempts. So, Again, they were bringing four and getting pressure. Um, and we'll look at the PFF grades here as as I'm trying to pull this up. Um, but that was like a big um, thing is, you know, you're not going to win game or the Saints are going to have their way when all they need to do is bring four on defense. And, you know, they can put, uh, you know, the. Uh, seven other guys in coverage. So,
1: yeah, I think, and I think Bryce tough. was hurt. I think he was heard like 34 times or like a crazy amount of times um, this past game. And he was sacked, what was it, four or five times? Uh, I four mean, times, I believe. Yeah, he he was under pressure the whole game, really. I mean, and these and,
0: are the, here is the PF, PFF grades for them. And, and
1: even when he had time, nobody was open to throw the ball to. So, uh, you know, Bryce is, Bryce is unfortunately in a situation that's going to make it really tough for him to to have that seamless easy transition that we were hoping we were hoping for uh, in the NFL so uh, I mean yeah Zavala uh, I'm going to give him a little bit of leniency there he's moved to the left guard position from the right guard where he was finally getting settled in at uh, and uh, yeah he you know look at that grade it wasn't great so yeah I added the
0: overall so the 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 third the OFF that's their offensive overall Score. I added that in this week. We've only done the pass blocking, run blocking, because I, I think it gives a little bit better idea sometimes overall of how they played. Um But yeah, Zavala, not a great day. Cade Mays either. And uh, you were the one who pointed out during the game. You know, Throck Morton came in. I don't know what was that third quarter. I think I feel like yeah. it was the second half yeah. at some point. Third so he, it looked like that was planned from what Frank said yesterday in the press conference. Like they had a plan to bring him in at some point. Um, I don't don't know know what the pressures were for all those guys and how many sacks they've given up. I don't know if you've seen anything on Twitter or not, but
1: um, yeah, I can pull it up. I want to say
0: Bryce was sacked four times. Not sure what the hurries were, but um, I get. I I mean, hats off to Moten. Moten has been. I know he has gotten some criticism before, and I'm, I'm sure I've delivered some of that as well. But I feel like. Over the two games, he's been the best lineman on this team uh, by a f- pretty wide margin. Um, so, just hats off to him. I thought he played well. I thought Icky at well, you know, at times played well. He had that one sack, which I'll talk about later, which I thought was a pretty big moment in the game. Uh, that coughed, up, Bryce coughed up the ball on. Again, I'm no no offensive line guru. Um, and sometimes you can see, you know, they pass those guys off or bring them around. Um, and, you know, Bryce can step up in the pocket that way. And I know that's kind of maybe um, what they're, you know, quote unquote, supposed to do in some of those, you know, pass sets. But um, I thought that play was major for this game. But, yeah, any surprises, Bryson, with these grades at all? I thought, Um. um no, I would not say pretty it was- fair, I would say.
1: Yeah, I I didn't really notice how bad Zavala was, uh, especially in the pass blocking. Um, so I, that kind of surprised me a little bit. But yeah, I think obviously Taylor Moten is is the steady steady hand there. I mean, even he had a even he didn't have his best game. You know, sixty one is kind of low for Moten uh, when you average it, his grades out. So uh, yeah, I think you know everybody struggled, and uh, Bryce felt the, felt that uh, at the quarterback position, and um, yeah. I mean, the offensive line has to play better. I know they've got injuries and Zavala moving to left guard and you got Calvin Throckmorton and Cade Mays rotating at right guard. Maybe they bring up or maybe they activate Nash Jensen and he's not a healthy scratch and they try him at right guard. Uh, I mean, this all, it, it sucks. You know, we, we have the injuries. Uh, Cor, Corbett coming back in week five is going to be huge for this team if, if he is healthy week five and he comes back and then they can, you know, kind of get back into shape, hopefully back into form and, Fill that right guard spot and let Zabala focus on that left guard. So, um, you know, week five maybe is when the turnaround happens when when Corbett is back because he is literally one of the most important offensive linemen on this team. He was the leader essentially of this group, even though Taylor Moton's been here longer. It seemed like Corbett was the one that set the tone, and and you know he didn't if you didn't give it your all every single play, he was going to let you know. And and that's you know Taylor Moton's more of a quiet kind of guy and leads leads by example and. Corbett was kind of the, more of the voice in the locker room that, you know, he's not scared to let you know you're not playing good. So um, once he comes back, I think that's going to be a big addition for the team.
0: Yeah. Um, one of the surprises for me, I guess, is for how, I mean, two out of the five, you know, scoring high in the run blocking category, and then the the run game sucked. Like that, I just, there's no translation there, which is kind of weird to me. Um Again, I don't know, and I know Frank talked about it. They played a lot behind the sticks. I feel like the run game kind of, you know, it almost seemed like slowed down some momentum offensively for the team. I don't know if you really caught that, but I felt like that. And there were certain drives where, you know, Bryce got some passes going, and then they hit a run, and then every, it just, you know, kind of fall apart from there. Once they hit that run, I almost felt like they should have just Maybe that's not not the way to go with it, but I felt like almost they could have just kept passing because I feel like there was some – it was bits and pieces. It was not the entire game, but there was points in the game where I'm like, man, they should have just kept with the pass here because uh, I felt like once they r- do that, you know, they do a run, it, I just feel like it just stymied the, the offense, but maybe that's just me. Um, no, I mean, it
1: didn't help that My- Miles Sanders can't break a tackle and the first person that touches him, he's going down and he runs directly into the – Offensive lineman or defensive lineman that doesn't do anything. I mean, he would—he's been terrible. He's been bad. And this is a guy that had 1,300 yards last year and 11 touchdowns, top five running back in the league statistically. But you know, it goes to show how good that uh, Eagles offensive line was, I guess. Because I mean, he has—I mean, he—he's not been good. He hasn't looked like a starting running back for these for these Panthers. Foreman looked better last year. Chuba's looked better in his in his uh, limited role he's had with this team. I mean, even you can go back and like pretty much every running back we've had recently has looked better than Miles Sanders has so far. So I think that he can look good. I think that, you know, hopefully it's coming and hopefully we just need to be patient and I'm being uh, a little hard on him. But uh, I expect more from a Panthers running back. Carolina Panthers historically have good running backs and they can always lean on their running backs. It seems like throughout history and for Miles Sanders to to come out here and put a performance up like he did, like he did. On Monday uh, it's just not acceptable
0: I will say this about about the run game you might disagree with me on this I don't think they really opened up a shit ton of holes for those guys at all like Sanders was getting hit in the backfield a lot there really was nowhere to go um, in a lot of the runs there was a couple I was re I rewatched the first half and there was one run in particular where I thought Sanders I don't know how he couldn't get around the edge, and it should have been about a 15-yard run. And it just seemed like he was running through quicksand. I don't know yeah. what the hell was up with it. But um, but majority of it, I just think there really wasn't a whole lot, you know, hole-wise for them. But I also, and we talked about this, me and you, during the game, was I felt like they needed to rotate Chuba in there because he was – he. It felt like there was a spark in there when he was in and had a couple runs. He didn't have many. I don't, I don't know what, what he He had did. two carries. Yeah. Which is, I mean, what, he had 70 yards last game? And, you get, yeah. and he had two carries this week. And, you no, know, Frank was asked about that. I, I don't know if it was today or yesterday. And he said it was just one of those – it was just the feel of the game. And, you know, the run game wasn't – they weren't getting anywhere with that. So um not sure if that's you know the right excuse for it, but I definitely thought Chuba should have got rotated in more, especially with Miles, Sandal, Miles Sanders' struggles. Um, I wanted to mention this, too. I know we're talking about offense, but this is literally the reason why they lost this game, um, is the play concept. So we talked about that last week with the pistol and stuff. I don't see that in here, but... PFF has it broken down by play action, no play action, and screen passes. So out of 39 attempts, and I still think this number is low, and I don't even know if the – i I'd like to – I'll pull this up maybe when you're talking to see what it was last week. But only seven play action passes the entire game. 32 were no play action, and four of them were screens. Um. So, so of those thirty-two, four of them are screams. If that makes sense, because it was yeah. thirty-nine. So you might be like, "Well, what the hell?" That doesn't add up. But, um, I still think they need to get Bryce Youngs under center, and I, maybe it's because they're worried about the O-line that they're not putting him under center for a play-action drop back. I'm not sure what the reasoning is for that, but I, I think he's, I think that's where they can get, you know, some of these guys open, and the separation can get there is by them, by those play designs. Do you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. I, I I was so frustrated with the lack of play action. And I get you need to establish the run, uh, a successful uh, run game to establish the play action. But when you when the Saints they're playing single high safety for most of the game, I was pointing it out every single time when I was sitting watching the game to everybody around me, single high safety, single high safety. They're not scared of the pass, they're not scared of a deep pass. You got to hit them with a the play action. You got to hit them with a the rollout. You got to hit them with a screen to somebody besides Adam Thielen. I don't know why you're throwing screen passes to Adam Thielen. That makes no sense. You got LaVisca Chenault. You got Terrace Marshall Jr. You got Jonathan Mingo. I mean, I don't understand. Or even DJ Shark, throw a screen pass to him. Adam Thielen's the last guy that should be getting a screen pass out of that group. I'm, I'm sorry, but he's just not elusive or fast. Or, I mean, he's, he's, not, he's not that guy uh, at this point in his career. They had man. six
0: play action last week. Sorry to jump in, six no, last week. So it's it's pretty. It's about fifteen percent play action for the first two weeks in both games.
1: And it, what they're doing is they're lining up, and they're telling the, they're telling our wide receivers, "Go beat your man in coverage. Go beat your man to man because it's it's been single high safety man to man coverage most of the, uh, both games we played. Go beat your man. Go get open. And these wide receivers for two weeks in a row." have not been able to do that. It does not take a genius to see what's going on here. They need to scheme them open. They need to use the motion, do do a couple uh, – well, a lot more than a couple play actions, and then throw in some trick plays, some flea flickers, some – I mean, I saw two other games where they had run a flea flicker, and both of the plays went for large gains, and I think one was even a touchdown. So, I mean, it, it's just like our offense it, play calling in Carolina – For years has been so like lackluster. It's been so. It looks like everybody else in the league is is you know light years ahead of us. Uh, I was watching uh, unnecessary bluntness. You know Duncan and uh, he he's hilarious and he was saying something about the the Rams have Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell and these guys are going for hundreds of yards receiving and there's no way that those two receivers. Are better than what we have. It's just the coaching. It's it's the way that they're scheming them open. You know, that Puka broke the record for most receptions for first two games. This guy's a fifth-round pick. I mean, come on. It's it, it it's like the coaching is just it's not been there at this point. And and I am gonna be patient. I know I'm I'm hot right now, but it has to be better. It it, it has to be better top to bottom. Um, and I, I think that it will get better. Uh, and, and like like you said, Curtis, you know, there are better times ahead. But, man, it's, it's tough right now to be a Carolina Panthers fan. Well,
0: it has been. I mean, it has been for years, and it's it's frustrating as hell. And the high expectations of what this coaching staff would bring, and you talk – we all we heard all offseason about the experience. And, you know, this team is a, a plug-in, a quarterback, and ready to go to the playoffs, plug-and-play type team. And, you know, they're going to compete for the division this year. And we just haven't seen that up to this point. And, you know, they get thrown this back to back division start to the season, which is tough, (laughs) tough in its own self uh, on this team. And then the rookie with the rookie QB, it's just, it's frustrating as all hell. So I get it. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not knocking anyone that's criticizing offense plays because it's been, is it really much different than what we've seen the last three years? I don't really think so. I think it's, I mean, this generic, You know, offense that they throw screens and five-yard outs and five-yard slants, and um, it's just there's not a lot of excitement right now. Um, And, you know, you hate to say it, but I think they're really missing DJ Moore. I get it. I know know the knocks on him. I understand that. But, I mean, he's – he at least was able to make plays and get open. At least, yeah. Um, and some of these guys are just not. And I mean, I I know Adam Thielen gets a lot of shit, but I thought he played well this last game. And there was a play in particular when I watched the game back, where Bryce Young, it was on an out route through through the pass to him, and the the Saints guy broke on it and almost had the pick. It was the one that was nearly picked off, and Adam Thielen the recognition to come, he came back and punched from behind like this, like punched the ball out of the guy's arm. Otherwise it was going to be a pick. like those type of plays. Just most receivers are going to be given up on that shit, but for him to do that. And then, I mean, he didn't have a you know crazy statistical game. I think he had like seven catches, 40 yards or whatever it was, but I, I felt like there was a couple plays where he was open that Bryce didn't hit or didn't see him. Um, but I thought overall he played he played a uh, he had a pretty good game. Um again, it's just still not good enough. I mean, it's a good game for the Panthers wide receivers who caught like less than twenty yards apiece, it seems like.
1: Yeah.
0: Little shocked by Hayden Hurst. Like I thought I remember s- talking shit last week, pick him up in fantasy. He sh- he wasn't there. It was just a whole all across the board offensively. There's nothing. And TMJ to get a goose egg. <laughs> that can't happen dude like this that that's this is supposed to be like his breakout year yeah that's what everyone was hoping for and you just you haven't seen that to this point point, and it's super it, frustrating
1: it, it really hurts me to say this because we've been through a lot in the past couple of years here in carolina but this past monday was one of the worst offensive performances i can remember in recent memory i mean and it's not because of the quarterback it's because of everybody the lack of what we've talked about this whole time, the lack of separation from the wide receivers, the running backs not doing anything, the offensive line being terrible, and all that combined with Bryce struggling a little bit throughout this whole game. I mean, the it was bad until the the final couple minutes of the game, and when they scored their touchdown, when the Saints were playing prevent defense pretty much. So, I mean, hopefully that's something to build on that last touchdown drive. But you know, I I, I tweeted about it. And, he Bryce looked really comfortable in the two-minute offense, the no huddle, the the you know speed speed it up, go some up, go up tempo, do whatever you need to do to get this offense rolling because it's not rolled through two weeks in, in uh, to to start the year.
0: Yeah, and that was one thing I wanted to actually talk to you about because I thought the same thing. I wrote that in my notes: is should they go up tempo more, no huddle, because it looked like Bryce was very comfortable. When they yeah. did that, again, it was end of the game. I understand that, and I'm sure Saints were just playing prevent and whatever else. But, I mean, Bryce, it, he looked like he was in college again, like in command, running the show type thing. That That's kind of what it looked like to me. And that play, we, we mentioned this, that play where he there was a high snap, one-hands it up, and then just fucking takes off for what, like a 25-yard gain on a run? Yeah. That's the shit you see at Alabama that gets you excited. And that two-point wow. conversion was nasty, too. Yes. Where he was running, didn't
1: look, and then just hit Thielen. I mean, that was that was really good. Uh, he, I, he had some good moments in this game. he really He's got flashes
0: there. in both games where it's like, man, I when he puts this all together, it's going to look real good. I just think it's – And
1: when we get him a true wide receiver one weapon, they need to contact the Cincinnati Bengals and send whatever they want, send the Colteppers, send the first-round picks, send – uh, Cincerper, send. Sir per, send the they just don't have $15 the capital for it, man.
0: I, I don't know. I mean, what? Are they Ter- give Terrence
1: Marshall up? Jr. Uh, second round pick and a third. I don't know. Do, do whatever you need to do to get that deal done because they need a. I agree.
0: Game. I really like T Higgins, um,
1: but yeah. So, uh, and and one other note before we move to the defense, if you tweet me the video of Bryce not lining up behind the center and and you criticize him. I'm blocking you. I don't care. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not talking to you because you don't understand football. He was not even looking at the offensive line. He was too busy, literally reading the defense like a book on that play. So, uh, yeah, he, he was a little distracted at the time, but Miles was there to tap him on the shoulder and he scooted right over. But for people to say he looks nervous or he doesn't know what he's doing out there, they're not watching the game. They're, I mean, he's literally when reading that the happen.
0: I saw like the little snippet on Twitter, but do you know when that happened in the game? Like, uh, I'm pretty sure. I was don't the remember fourth that fourth quarter. Oh, it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. People are stupid. People are going to have their side. Those who wanted C.J. Stroud are going to criticize everything he does wrong. And those, you know, everyone who wanted him, like, uh, I mean, it's just, it's a pissing match is what it is. And anytime Anthony Richardson goes off, and you know, what's funny is where I'm going to bring this up, knock on wood, <laughs> nothing ever happens, but who's not been on the injury report yet? Yep. Bryce Young. Who's been on the injury report? 2656664 quarterbacks that are way bigger than him have both been on the injury report. So people need to shut the hell up about that too. All right, let's move on to the defense. Because they played pretty damn well. They played again, I think to uh, uh, obviously to win this game. And I think what what wasn't what made me feel a little uh, better when the offense was struggling, was that the Saints' offense were struggling too? They were terrible too. Like they couldn't get anything going. So, um, I tweeted this out last night. Camus, Gruzier Hill, Justin Houston, uh, Frankie Louvu, and Jeremy Chin played outstanding yesterday. Like awesome all around. Like Frankie Louvu, again, he is. He is earning a contract, a big one. He's, yeah. he's going to get paid because he's played really well and has made impactful plays in both of these games. And everyone's been so worried about how how is Carolina going to create pressure as, alongside Brian Burns or opposite Brian Burns. And they did that this game. YGM was getting in there. He deserves some credit. I think he had a half sack. PFF counted it as a sack. Justin Houston had a sack. Frankie had two. So, like those guys all stepped up and then Gruzier Hill to come in with Shaq Thompson out. I thought he played well. I think he needs to get the plays in a little bit quicker. There was a couple times where I mean they were he would he would relay the defensive play call to everyone and the Saints were like up on the line, all right? So like, he's got to get he'll get that with repetition and then, but I thought across the board the defense played outstanding and for a guy we harped on and I get it. I think he gave up a couple of plays. I thought CJ Anderson played all right. I thought he played an alright game. Do you do you agree with me on that one? I do.
1: I do that. That's why I'm smiling because he did. I mean, even the play that uh, Chris Olave, you know, got that one that nice one handed catch on CJ Henderson. He was in coverage, which he typically is in coverage. He even tried to make a play on the ball this time. It was just an outstanding catch by Chris Olave, a really good receiver who was held in check for most of the game by CJ Henderson. So, uh, yeah, I don't have anything bad to say about CJ Henderson, which is positive. Uh, 26 looked bad. 26 was the worst corner out there. And, uh,
0: hit yeah, had a couple bad plays that were, you, you got beat by crazy.
1: Rashid Shahid. Rashid Shahid. All right. Dante Jackson. My fantasy
0: team. Back
1: off. <laughs> um, it, it's not acceptable for your number one cornerback. Uh, so yeah, I mean, de- the defense played well, but you know, you know where I'm going.
0: Go ahead. I don't know where you're going. <laughs> Guess who didn't show up? Oh, did you see, though? You haven't seen that. If you did, you hear that he was hurt.
1: Yeah, I, I saw the video. I saw oh, the he's video. He's
0: limping, man.
1: So I, it, it's hard to tell at what point that of the game that happened. He played seventy. <laughs> that was at halftime.
0: That was at I halftime. Believe okay, so where he was limping, I thought. I'm not sure on that. Don't quote me 100. But I thought that was Patrick's video at halftime. But
1: okay, I thought that was in the, the game. But um, yeah, uh, two tackles. That's it. I'm, he had a couple pressures, uh, you know, which is typical. But when when you see Arden Key the week before beating Trevor Penning like a rag doll every single play almost, and then Brian Burns comes in who's, who is who is a top five defensive end in this league, top ten you want to argue that to get no sacks against Trevor Penning?
0: I'm giving him a free pass, dude. I think he was hurt. I do. I, I didn't I didn't know the limp until after. And remember. Remember I asked you like Brian Burns, it was a fourth quarter. Brian yeah. Burns is not out there on like three or he was only in on third downs. I'm like, what's going on here?
1: Yeah.
0: Um was Frank
1: asked about that today? Do you, do you no know, no you one has
0: to... asked at all? And I and I know I think it was either Sheena or Vash, I actually asked one of the players about it in the locker room. I don't know if it was today or yesterday. And I think they asked someone asked Burns and he's like, if I played the whole game, I'm all right. That's, I think that's what he said. He's like, I played the whole game. I'm, I'm fine. Um, okay. so I don't know if he's kind of blowing it off, trying to, you know, people not trying to get folks worried that it's something serious because he played the whole game, but that's something to monitor. Cause that's, I mean, obviously that's not good. And for his contract situation is awful for him yeah. because he gambled and, you know, they're both, you know, I don't, was ever playing, Carolina's playing hardball on it, and he's just hoping nothing's seriously wrong because they'd really be in trouble then. But
1: yeah, but, but don't get me wrong. I had to sign pay Brian Burns, pay him, pay him, pay him. I'm just being hard on him uh, because I. Yeah, that's off to
0: those guys, too. A thousand
1: yeah. pieces of
0: cardboard that say pay Brian Burns. I didn't see a whole lot like in the same, and they're small, so it's kind of hard to see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought that was really cool for them to do that. But
1: two other players uh, I want to mention before we get off of it, the safeties. Xavier Woods, highest-graded player on the defense, which is crazy because Frankie Louvu played out of his fucking mind. Xavier Woods played even more out of his mind. Both those guys play. And Von Bell, Bell with that interception. Uh, Derek Carr throwing it into triple coverage. Abs- if you are a Saints fan and you came out of the game thought- and thinking that you are a good football team, you are blind as shit. I don't know why you were chanting anything walking out of the stadium. But, uh yeah. Von Bell and Xavier Woods, two very good safeties. Uh, very happy about that. But but your guy Jeremy Chin, he played a good game, but he only played thirty nine percent of the snaps. Yeah, I
0: don't know. I don't know what was up with that, and I'm wondering if you're going to see more of that now with Shack out, if if him in the uh, yeah. playing linebacker, hopefully. But yeah, he he was outstanding in that game, and I just yeah. don't know if that was schematically. Um, now I will also tell you what I really like. Again, we didn't really see a whole lot in preseason from you know Evero schematically, but I like the way he calls defense, mixing yeah. in blitzes and bringing linebackers. He doesn't bring a lot of corner blitzes. I've noticed, like Carolina did a lot of corner blitzes under Rule yeah. a lot of times. but do you remember? I don't. Maybe i, I just just not paid I don't remember a lot of corner blitzes. No, so maybe I I just paid it. I'm just not paying. I'm going to try to pay attention next this next game where I can actually watch it on TV to see if they're doing that. But I feel like they're bringing back more of, I think Ron Rivera and his defense is how he's blitzed the linebackers a lot. But you see a lot of that now where, you know, they're sending Frankie up the middle and Shaq, both of them, one drops back, one goes. So you'll see a lot more of that. And I think, again, those safeties are, Von Bell had a hell of a game and Xavier. Xavier Woods had a couple big pass breakups in that game off of hits. So he they both did outstanding. Um,
1: Real quick, though, about the defensive play calling, you reminded me. Every single time Seven stepped on the field for the Saints, Taysom. Yeah, Hill. that's
0: where I wanted to mention I have that in the notes.
1: We, we said it is a fucking run. Play defense, play run defense, which this team has struggled two weeks. I wrote a play run defense, which is not. They've
0: a struggled game. for like five years or run defense. Yeah.
1: So. uh, <laughs> He had nine carries for 75 yards. He averaged 8.3 yards a carry.
0: It's always the Taysom Hill coming out game versus Carolina. I don't understand it. You know what he's going to do. He's, I fucking hate him. He, he's probably the mo- most hated player for me. I, I can't stand his ass. You know what it is about him. I hate when he's on the field. The commentators talk about him like he's fucking Patrick Mahomes. It's ridiculous. Yep. I hate him. And every time he plays Carolina – he he finds a way to have a highlight game. It's so fucking frustrating. But yeah, that was my, one of my notes. I'm like, dude, he ran like four QB draws, like ten yards of fucking carry. The one so to,
1: to seal the game too was a was a Taysom Hill QB yeah. draw for like thirteen yeah. yards.
0: So, um, I wanted to mention this, and I don't know if you watched this back at all, but we'll go. We'll talk about Shaq Thompson here. I watched the game in these plays back, it was friendly fire. I don't know if you saw this, but Deshaun Williams, or Deshaun Williams, he was Shaq was in front of him. Deshaun Williams grabs Penny and fucking throws him to the ground and Penny landed right on fucking Shaq's leg. So like if it, it was like almost like an after the play, like two guys, you know, just trying, one was, you know, Williams was trying to, you know, pancake him or whatever. And literally, if they didn't do that, like, the play, he, they didn't have to do that. Like, it, the play was already ahead of them, and he just, like, threw them and landed, right? I'm like, fuck, dude. Yeah. Um, so, that was really year, frustrating. Man. Huh? So We can't catch a break this year. I feel like it's one of the worst yeah. injury years
1: already, and it we're, we're only three weeks into this – about to be three weeks into the season, man. They haven't uh, – you know, we lost, like you mentioned, three starters, and Shaq Thompson, who – of course, his play hasn't been amazing. It hasn't been stellar at this point in his career. Oh,
0: leader for that he, team. He
1: is the he is the leader of that defense. He, I mean, he's the guy that took a pay cut to to come back to stay in Carolina. Um, I mean, it, it it's a huge loss. You can even tell it from you know, from the presser from Frank Reich and everybody is sad about this loss because of how important he is emotionally to this team. And he is a good player. He's not a great player, but he is a very good linebacker still. So. Um, It sucks to to be out for the year. I think they've already called it. So um, it sucks. And, you know, I, I wish him the best of speed recovery. And I, I'm excited to see him back here next year, hopefully.
0: Yeah, there's a reason. I'm almost positive on this. That Shaq Thompson was a captain for Ron Rivera, Matt Rule, and now Frank Wright. And yep. he's been here through all three of those regimes. Um. Just outstanding guy on and off the field and is one of the top leaders for this team, not even just defensively, just across the board. So, hate it for him. He's out. He had surgery today. It sounds like it went well. And, you know, obviously out for the year. We we kind of missed this. I don't think we, last time we had this podcast, Brady Christensen out for the year. No. So, you have two guys, two starters. Mind you, we are Corbett's already gone. Then obviously J.C. Horn that they hope to have back later in the season, God willing. But um, yeah, just tough. And I know I get it, it. Injuries happen for every team, but if I feel like Carolina's been through the ringer here now with three starters out, and that's it's been tough. Um, I think that was all for me. Oh no, I we, we cannot disregard this freaking position group, and I feel like everyone does. Every freaking time this fast of the game, special teams, Eddie Pinheiro, dominant, like 250-yard field goals. The guy doesn't kick 50-yard field goals much. Nailed them both. He was literally the all-star of last night's game. A guy aside of us asked me, like, what's – is there anything to be excited about? I was like, Eddie Pinheiro. Because <laughs> really, that was it, man. Like, there was uh, – this. So freaking frustrating, but Eddie man, he I was shocked. I mean Frank's really got some you know cojones to go, you know, put his cards on the table for Eddie because I feel like the old regime they're either punts in there or they're gonna go for it on those some of those deep kicks. Eddie didn't get a lot of opportunities 50 50 and beyond um last year. And I feel like if it was fifty, it was like a 52 yard or a 51, whatever 50 um but yeah he played outstanding yesterday
1: yeah that's my guy man I've been I've been standing staying Eddie since the uh well since last year even through you know the Atlanta game yeah he, that was his worst game he's ever had but since then the guy's basically not missed a fucking kick for the Carolina Panthers so every time he steps up to kick the ball now I'm I'm like I'm so confident that's going in because he's been so steady steady Eddie in Carolina and uh, the 50 yard field goals were even a little bit of a surprise to me because, like you said, it's he's not really been asked to do that. First
0: one was close. I didn't know if yeah. he had enough leg on it. Um, but the second one, it didn't. I thought that was it looked like with ease. So, yeah.
1: and he's and he's kicking the balls out of the back of the end zone now. Uh, and he's not, you know, every now and then he would get like riled up after a, a made kick. He'd get so excited he'd kick it out of bounds or whatever. Yeah, I'm that.
0: always worried about that. My guys, like, oh, gonna is he gonna get it there this time. <laughs> like on kickoffs, because anytime he hits a big one, yeah. But yeah. I thought he's been. I thought he did well. Laviska. I don't think. I don't think there was a kick return yesterday no. for the Panthers, but Laviska was back there, so that's a change. We have not seen that yet. Obviously, he didn't get any returns because they kicked the ball and got a bunch of touchbacks. Who was punt returning? That well, was Marcet.
1: Yeah, and he he did he did very well. Uh, yeah, he had-, he had a
0: couple good you know, 10 yard or whatever, 10, 15 yard returns yeah. out of it. Um and yeah, and then the Blackshear, that was that was odd that he was a question or a uh what the hell do call it?
1: Uh healthy
0: scratch. scratch. There we go. Healthy scratch. So um but Bryce I wanted to point out this play and we talked about it a little bit before but I feel like in both the first two games there has been two crucial plays in the game that were a precursor of how the game ended up turning out the first week. It was the fourth and one. They don't get any points out of it. Uh, And I felt like that set the tone for the entire game. They score there. I think it's a whole, I think it's an entirely different game and I think they win that game. I get it. You don't want to just pick out one play, but that's just my gut feeling and what you're going off of momentum this week. It was after the Von Bell interception. They had the ball at the thirty seven yard line in this game in Saints territory. And I think it was like three, yeah, three oh six left in the second quarter. So and Carolina gets uh gets ball at half. So you have thirty seven he hits Bryce Young hits Adam Field on a fifteen yarder. That puts them at the twenty two yard line. Then you have Miles Sanders, four-yard gain. That's second and six. We hit the two-minute warning. Then you got Bryce Young. Sanders again run, no gain. So we got third and six, a minute 52 left on New Orleans, 23. And that's when Bryce Young rolls out. Icky passes his guy off. Guy comes around. Bryce doesn't see it, fumbles it. We've all seen the play. That play right there, I felt like, Destroyed any momentum they had and just sucked the whole life out of that offense going into halftime, and then it kind of you know spilled over into the third quarter, and then obviously we know the result of the game. But if they come away, I think they really had a good chance of coming away with a touchdown in that in that drive. But even if they came away with three there, I just felt like the momentum just total wiped out from what they did and. Anytime you create a turnover, especially in your own or in the opposing team's territory, you have to come away with points, even if it's three. And it shouldn't be three. I mean, that's got to be seven every time. But to not come away with anything, and thank God, and again, this goes back to what we've been saying thank God the defense played well enough where New Orleans didn't score any points off of that turnover, thankfully. But that just, it's it just stopped any momentum for Carolina offensively.
1: Yeah, and if it wasn't that series, it was the series uh, their second series coming out of half where they got the ball on the Saints, I I believe, forty yard line when the defense pinned. You know, Johnny Hecker pinned them deep, and the defense held, and they punted and Smith Marset had that about ten yard return, and they were on the Saints forty to start the drive, and they got four net yards, and they they ended up coming away with a field goal. When 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 you're starting on your opponent's forty yard yard line. You need to have higher expectations than getting four yards and sailing for a field goal. I mean, the defense continually put the offense in in positions to to put some points on the board, and they you know they didn't come away with them at at all times. And unfortunately, at the end of the game, when the defense was called upon to get two stops, uh, I mean, they were too tired. Really, I mean, I've, I've been hard on them, but you had that Dante Jackson uh, where he blew. You know, Rashid Shaheed caught the ball, and they uh, the Saints go down, and score a touchdown, and then uh, at the end of the game, when they could have gotten the ball back with I don't know, 30 seconds left or 40 seconds left to have a chance to go get a field goal, um, that's when Taysom Hill gets the the run for a first down. And the game's over. So, uh, unfortunately, just the way the things, the cookie crumbled in uh, week two and Monday Night Football in Carolina, and you know it's it's on to next week.
0: Yeah, and he, I wanted to go to that just that breakdown of that those plays. The one you mentioned because I totally forgot about that um, that drive. But Carolina, they had it fourth and one, and that's when they brought out Andy Dalton yep. for the QB sneak, and then you get the you get the delay a game. So no, it was a false start. Oh yeah, false start on Cade Mays. That's yep. right. Yeah, that's that. That kill, like that was killer. And I, we got to talk about this because I, this, ha, we haven't even mentioned this yet. What What's your thoughts on Andy Dalton coming out with short yardage, fourth down plays?
1: Yeah, I, I don't mind it. Um, Frank Reich, you know, he mentioned it today. He's kind of done that all throughout his coaching career with other quarterbacks. Um, I don't, you know, if you don't got to put Bryce in that short yardage situation where he's, he's running under the center and he's getting injured, I think it was, uh, forgot what quarterback it was uh, in recent memory who, you know, got injured, I think, back-to-back years in a quarterback sneak. Uh, so, you know, I'm fine with Andy Dalton coming in on short yard situations, bigger guy, uh, veteran. Uh, I don't have an issue with that. Uh, I'm not sure if you do, but it, that, that's fine by me.
0: I hate two QBs, like, coming in. I just – I don't like it. I think it breaks up things. And obviously, they, Carolina – I just don't think Carolina right now is built for that. Like, Bryce Young year two and three and, you know, been in the system a couple of years and the offensive line and not, not we don't have, you know, Joe Schmo playing at right guard and Zavala at left and, and like, it's – I just think it's it's too much for them, it, too much change and I don't know. I think they're I, – I just don't think they're ready for that, which is kind of pathetic to say, but – um But I also don't think you should be running Bryce Young on QB sneaks like the play call yesterday on the second fourth, you know, fourth down attempt with Andy Dalton. Bryce Young could have done the same thing. I thought that was a great play call where, you know, he optioned it out to Sanders for the first down. Awesome play call. But and I'm sure that's what the play call was on the first fourth down. And they just didn't call it because, you know, dipshit game (laughs) makes false start. and You get backed up. Um. But I felt like, and I think you were, I think you were howling about this too. Is even with that being fourth and six in that third quarter, I felt like that was the time to pull the trigger on the fourth down play and going for it because Carolina backed it. I mean, Carolina punted away, and it's just this de- the defense it, t- it kept taking a toll on them. All these long, sustainable drives that ended in field goals you you knew at some point they were going to give up the touchdown. It was just, it was bound to happen. So I felt like Carolina should have taken some shots and, you know, Frank Reich isn't, hasn't seemed scared to pull that trigger, but for some reason just, he didn't want to do it, uh, yeah. you know, last night. So that was a little frustrating too, but I was just curious on the QB sneaks. Again, I'm sure it looks like that's what the plan is going to be going forward. I felt like. You know, maybe we'd see LaVisca in some of those short yardage situations because he's a little bit bigger. Um, But yeah, just frustrating altogether because it felt like it was one step forward and, you know, six steps back on some of those offensive plays. Um, You touched on it, but I wanted to um, ask you, do you think Frank should give up the play calls?
1: Um, so in the heat of the point. moment, yeah, in the heat of the moment, I, I tweeted that I, I, I think he should, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm an emotional tweeter at times, especially uh, when my team is 0-2 and I've I had extremely high hopes, so I think that his seat is definitely getting hot as a play caller, um, it's been two weeks though, and there have been some good play calls, uh, there have been a lot of bad play calls. I think he's learning what he has on offense. I think he's learning what he can and can't do much like Bryce young at quarterback. So I say, give him until the bye week. And uh, if we go into week seven and the bye week and the offense is stagnant and there's been no growth, it's been the same thing week, week in and week out. And I think you have no choice, but to, to give up the play calling at mm. that point. Um, so I, I personally, that that's what I think is best. It's just wait until the bye week. That way, if, if they do decide to give the play call and they got the bye week to go over the changes that are going to be taking place with Thomas Brown and, and, you know, kind of get Bryce prepared. But like you mentioned earlier, do I think Thomas Brown can be a better play caller than Frank Wright? Yeah, I do. I think Thomas Brown is, is he's from that McVay coaching tree. And like I talked about earlier, McVay's got Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell looking like some of the best wide receivers in the league because he's keeping them open. And he, there's, I mean, offense is humming a team that we thought was going to be one of the worst in the league and they're they're balling out so uh, i think thomas brown has that potential um but i do think frank Reich has potential to be a good play caller in this league he has in the past been a good play caller he won a super bowl with the eagles with uh with uh well was it nick Foles or Doug, carson yeah. Wentz? yeah but uh frank Reich was the offensive coordinator yeah yeah so um you know he's he's been uh he's been around successful play calling in this league and he's called successful plays himself. I mean, he had winning seasons in Indianapolis. So I think let's be patient. Unfortunately, that's the, the continuing word that we continue to hear: patience, patience, patience. And you know, we've, we've heard it for uh, more than one season in Carolina, back to back years, back uh, to back to back to back to back to back to years. <laughs> continue to be patient. Hurry up and wait, kind of, kind of mantra there. So yeah, patience is is, is what I'm going to practice here um, until the bye week And then if, if, like I said, if it's, we're going into week seven and it's the same thing, Frank Reich better fucking give that shit over because it's, it's done. It's done. We're, we're, I'm not being patient anymore from that point on.
0: No, I, that's a good point. Did you have that early by? So that could be when, when the changing the guard happens. Um, but you know, these receivers own some of this fall too. I mean, these guys aren't getting open. Um, and I know. I think it was one drop yesterday, Mingo. I thought it was more than one drop, but I looked back. It was there was only one drop according to PFF, and that was Domingo Bryce hit him on a beautiful slant, missed it. It's like got to make those plays, and I get it. He's a rookie, and you know he's got a lot of balls left. But it's like, damn, dude, you get those those plays like that, especially when the offense isn't going. You got to make those. So hopefully those guys bounce back. But man, it's like. You call when I mean, you start calling in wide receivers off the streets because it's ridiculous. <laughs> it and, really
1: and, and, and just because you mentioned his name, and I and I totally forgot about it. What the fuck was that play where Bryce hit him on that out route to towards the out of bounds, and he ran backwards out of bounds instead of running? Yeah, towards the fourth
0: end? fourth quarter. I mean, I I saw what he was doing, but at the time, I think I seriously think he would have gotten a touchdown if he yeah. just ran forward. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was so I don't know right? what he was doing. That's one of those plays they probably pulled up in the meeting room and everyone was laughing their ass off. Yeah. So, yeah, that was like – and we already know what JT Sullivan thinks of Adam Thielen, calls him 19. But, I mean, that's just – I mean, these guys got to show out. And I was watching back. There was a play – God, I'm mis- – you can't remember who you threw to that was covered. I think it might have been Mingo. I'm not – yeah, I think it was Mingo on an out route but DJ chart came across as well. And Bryce threw it to Mingo and he had shark on the out route, and it would have been a big ass game. I thought I was seeing that before we got on here. I'm like, damn dude. Like that's, that's the shit that they got hit. It's just, it's not there yet. I feel like they're just a couple, there's a couple things here and there. You'd like to see them hit, but yeah, it's just, it's a work in progress. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Seattle this weekend. So Carolina on the road. We all know what happened last year. Carolina upset some with Wilkes. Massive game in Seattle. This one, what are you worried about? I <laughs> feel like that's the question.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about the Seattle Seahawks wide receivers, and I'm worried about Kenneth Walker III, uh, and I'm worried about Geno Smith. Um, because I think that they have a very good offense. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. I think Tyler Lockett's dealing with some injuries, but, I mean, that offense is talented uh, top to bottom. And the defense last year, specifically J.C. Horn, I remember had a very good game versus, you uh, know, Smith. And, you know, we, we all know he's not out there. So, um, CJ Henderson and Dante Jackson are going to get tested a lot in this game. We're, we're going to see what they're made of. Um but I don't think that this is a game that is unwinnable. I don't think that – I mean, of course, the Seahawks are going to be favored. You know, it's a hostile environment uh, out there in Seattle. and um, But we saw it last year. Nobody expected the Panthers to win when, when they played the Seahawks last year. Nobody expects the Panthers to win this year. Um, if this is the game that Bryce and Frank figured out, then this is the game that they're going to win because I feel like the – Panthers defense is going to be, is going to keep them in this game for a while at least. So uh, I, I am worried about that offense. And you know, if CJ Henderson and Dante don't show up, then we could be in trouble. Uh, we could be in serious trouble, but uh, I, I have a little bit of hope that they will show up. The run defense needs to play better. Uh, Kenneth Walker, one of the, I think you did he win or he was in the running for offensive uh, rookie of the year last year. Uh, I mean, this guy is a a hell of a running back, and uh, I think they even drafted a, another running back this year, uh, Charbonnet from uh, UCLA. So, I, you know, offense is talented. Their defense is a good defense too. They got the the rookie corner, first round pick uh, Witherspoon. Bobby Wagner's back in Seattle. Uh, this is a, a talented defense as well. Um, but like I said, I think it. I think the Panthers can win this game, if if things start clicking for, for this team. So uh, maybe it's the week, maybe it's not. Uh, I would just uh, personally, all I want to see is some Bryce Young growth. And I am sure I will see that because I saw it last game and I know the kind of player that he is. And I know that he's going to show growth uh, into week three.
0: Yeah. And one thing we did, you know, we harped a lot on the offense, but we did not see an interception out of him. There was one, the one I mentioned that, Probably could have went their way, uh, and then obviously the fumble, but he has limited the turnover, so there is some slight improvement there. Yeah, Seattle, a couple of things to watch. Jamal Adams might be playing. There's a possibility. He hasn't played since week one of 2022, so he's been out. I think it's been a quad injury. I think that's what it is, um, but that's something to monitor. It sounds like even if he did play, it would be limited because they kind of want to bring him back slow, but that's something to watch. Um, Rick Woolen, he's their Pro Bowl corner. Tariq. He is what? Tariq Woolen. Is that it? Is that his first yeah. name? Tariq. Well, anyway, Woolen. I'm just calling him <laughs> Woolen, man. <laughs> there you go. Hey, <laughs> he had a chest injury against the Lions, so he might. He sounds like he was. I think Carol said like one day at a time or something like that of what they're taking the approach on, but that's that's something to monitor. Um, but like you said, I think I'm more worried about Kenneth Walker. That's my biggest concern. Yeah. Because Carolina has struggled to stop the run and Kenneth Walker last week looked really good. Yeah. He made some really nice plays. Um, I'm not as high on Geno Smith as a lot of people are. I don't know. I just, that's just from what I've seen with my own eyes, but he had a really good year last year. We'll see what he does this week. Again, I think um, it's going to be a massive test for these corners. DK Metcalf is just a monster. And they got JSN. That guy's just scratching the surface with that team from Ohio State. Um, and then Tyler Lockett is just – man, he's reliable. I mean, I was playing him in Fantasy last week, so I was, I was watching him closely – Ah, he is just he he catches he catches everything that's thrown his way, it seems like. Yeah. And he is a burner too. I mean he can take the top off you. So it's a big test. And obviously, you know, I think this I want to say Seattle has some injuries on the offensive line. I'm not entirely sure on that, but I thought I thought I saw that somewhere. Um just a quick search, just to make just make sure I'm not talking out of my ass here. Um but I want to say, I think both are tackles. The Lions out. game, yeah. During the Lions game, weren't both the tackles out? Yeah, Charles Cross,
1: uh, who was, you know, we we interviewed his coach back in the day uh, when we wanted him in here in Carolina. But uh, Charles Cross and um, their other tackle, I think, were both. Yeah, they were.
0: They were both out this last game. So that's something to monitor, and that could that could help because I'll tell you what, Charles Cross. He saw, he, I, if I remember right, he pretty much silenced Brian Burns in that game. Like, he played really well last year. Yeah. And Carolina obviously won that game, but he had a, he had a really good game against Brian Burns. I, I want to say I don't even think he gave up anything from him. So, I mean, he's a solid, he's a solid pass protector. So that would be, I mean, that would be huge if those guys couldn't go. Um, And that will be something to monitor. It looks like a sprained big toe. Is that a sprained big toe? And that guy come play? Get your ass out there! (laughs) I'm not. I'm not a freak. I don't know what they got to go through. Sprained big toe,
1: baby! Come on. (laughs) Oh,
0: what do you got for this game? What's your prediction?
1: Yeah, while I think that this could be a winnable game for Carolina, I do not think they're going to win. Um. What's the line on it? Do you do you have the line?
0: I don't um, have the line. I can let Google me pull that it. up real
1: quick before I give a prediction here. Um, we got the Seahawks are favored by five and a half. Mm. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think that Carolina loses this game. Unfortunately, move moves to zero and three, and they're staring the Minnesota Vikings in the face. Week four. Um, Score wise, I think it's going to be kind of the same. What we've seen week one and week two, a low-scoring affair. And, you know, they may pull away in the fourth quarter, like what's happened these past two weeks. So I'll go Seattle 24, Carolina 14.
0: Yeah. Uh, Seattle put up 37 last week. Obviously went into overtime. And then they they didn't do very well week one, 30-13 against the Rams. Um, I don't think Carolina wins this game. Sadly, I think they start 0 3 and this fan base is gonna lose its shit. Um I'm gonna go I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be low scoring too. I'm gonna go would you say 24 what?
1: 24
0: 14. I'm gonna go twenty seven seventeen. It's maybe not low scoring. Twenty seven's a lot, actually. Yeah, twenty seven seventeen. So Carolina matches what they did this last week. Um, again, I hope I'm dead wrong. Yeah, same. I'd like to see this offense get rolling here, but I just think it's going to take a little bit longer to figure things out. Uh, and hopefully we can get – you know, I, I'd love to see it. Bryce Young had D, uh, DJ Shark on some deep, deep shot this week. He just hasn't connected on those deep balls yet, so – We could use a couple of those. Um, Yeah, it should be a good one. I think it's a 1 o'clock. No, it isn't a 1 o'clock. It's a later one this week. Damn it. I was hoping it would be a 1 o'clock game. Um, Yeah, should be a good one. We didn't even talk about this, and I'm a little upset that it took us this long to mention this, but those refs last night were fucking terrible. (laughs) They were bad. They were really, really bad at that game. And I watched, I watched, again, I watched the first half back and there was a couple plays that I was bitching about that I was like, okay, I could they, they made the right call. But there was a couple that I still just, I don't agree with. And I'm trying to think of the ones that come to mind. Um, but there was just a couple questions. Oh, the one where there was like no review, the challenge, there was like no review on it. It was just like, boom, it's, it's over. Yeah. The guy did not go to like the little whatever thing. Um. Yeah, Carolina always gets shit on by refs. I feel like every time, every time we're at a game, it seems like that. Um, no of
1: managing that.
0: Yeah, and shout out to security guards. Wanted to mention that they ripped down a Saints banner at Bank of America Stadium. Get that shit out of our stadium. We don't want it. Um, I was flipping all the Saints fans off as that was happening. Everyone was. It was great. I don't know how you missed that. We were I- all. <laughs>
1: We're was, all just was like,
0: in, dude. fuck you guys, get this shit out of here. And then when the security guards came down, we're all clapping. Um, one more thing, wine we'll on this. Just curious what your thoughts are on this. What do you think? So, Carolina, if you haven't gone to a game yet, they are definitely trying to change um, the way they are presented. And um, I don't know what you want to call it, not like a motto, but just um, what would you call it? you know where I'm going with this? You don't know where I'm going with this. So the Panthers are coming out with this thing. They have it on their video boards. Protect our layer or something like that. I think that's what it is. Protect a mantra. our layer.
1: A mantra. Yeah, their
0: mantra. So like everything is almost like layered theme. Like they put this massive like rock sculpture in front of the Panther outside. Never has been done before. Uh, they had this other like rock thing. So they're trying to go to like this, like, like a Panther's den kind of thing. And that's new this year. They've never done that. And they're trying to, you know, you always think of like protect the bank, like bank America, but like they're trying to put on this. I know that I, the lions do protect the, the den or um, yeah, I think that's what it is. They do like the den for like a lion's den. I wanted to get your take on like this, the new, whatever mantra, there's a better word for, it. I can't think of this shit, but <laughs> their mantra, what do you think of it?
1: Yeah. Um, they got to start winning games before I give a fuck about any mantra in <laughs> any, anything. They ain't protecting shit right now. Uh, <laughs> the only thing they're protecting is their losing streak. So I'm uh, I'm good on the mantra. I'm good on I'm good on players dancing in the end zone when they're down by ten points. And I'm I'm good on players not showing emotion. Like lock the fuck in, win a game, and then we can talk about a mantra at that point.
0: All right, I, I shit keeps popping my head. I'll shut up after this because we got to talk about it because this is a big moment. Derek Brown, Michael Thomas, after the game, why in the hell is Michael Thomas trying to do <laughs> fucking beefing with the biggest guy on the Panthers? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> that is the dumbest. I
1: mean, Michael Thomas is a stupid human being. We all know that. That this man has, this man has played what? Five, five, six games in the three years, in the past three years for the Saints. He's been robbing them, which I'm not mad about, you know, get, take as much money from them as you want. But uh, you are going to go one of the best and strongest defensive tackles in the league. And you're running away when you're talking shit into your locker room. He's chasing you. Uh, you know, I uh, he has no ground to stand on. This is Derek Brown's house. I'm glad Derek Brown uh, stood up and let him know that this shit ain't going to be happening around here. You're not going to be running your mouth as you're exiting the field, even if you did win. Do it respectfully. Uh, and Michael Thomas went into his locker room and scampered away like a like the little chicken shit that he is. So uh, I'm, I'm glad Derek Brown did it, and I would expect him to do it to anybody that would do it. Act like Michael Thomas was acting.
0: Yeah, I'm a little confused, and I know you said you mentioned what you mentioned, but from what I've seen. That was the Panthers' tunnel, from my understanding and what from others were saying online. And I'm confused because those tunnels, for where the opposing team goes in and the home team goes in, are opposite sides of the stadium. So I don't know how the hell that got mixed up or why he was there because I believe that was Carolina's tunnel where he got into, which made no sense at all of how the fuck he was in that area, <laughs> to me at least. Yeah. Um and I know some teams they have them like they some stadiums they like cross pass sometimes but I don't I think they're on opposite ends but I'm not again I've never been down there I've been at Lambos and I've seen theirs um and but I know there's a couple stadiums where you literally players cross pass when they go in and out of lockers is just the dumbest setup ever if you ask me um but I just thought that was strange but why are you even I don't know you. You don't pick that kind of fight with. You just don't do it. Um, Stupid. But yeah, I love DBs. rare. I mean, go after him. I have no problem with that. And you know, we need guys that are not soft. So I'll t- I'll take everybody. But I wanted to mention that because that was that's been the talk, and we'll see if anything comes of it. Because I don't. You don't see. Derek Brown and him like go around a wall, and you kind of see them scuffle, but you don't see what happened there. I don't know if a fist was thrown or what. No one knows what happened behind that little area, so I'm curious to see what Derek Brown says when he's asked about it. Um, but I'm sure I'm curious to see if NFL does anything too, because you know they'll do some stupid fine or some dumb shit like that. So
1: anything to get money.
0: <laughs> but I think we're gonna leave it at that. Just wanna appreciate everyone for tuning in to the Panthers on tap podcast. You can get our podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Spotify, Apple, iHeart, any, any of those platforms. We're also on YouTube. Do not forget. Go listen there. You get to see our beautiful faces. Subscribe, hit that bell. Go follow us on Twitter at Panthers on tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always,